Welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode and every episode by my co-host. She looks more badass chewing gum than smoking cigarettes. Whitney Nelson. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's right. And he only shoots his gun angrily into the air when he knows people are watching. Evan Wells. Yes, accurate. Today, we are talking about the 1989 film, Parenthood. The plot synopsis from IMDb is pretty vague. It keeps it pretty high level. Here it is. The Buckmans are a Midwestern family all dealing with their lives. Estranged relatives, raising children, pressures of the job, and learning to be a good parent and spouse. It was directed by Ron Howard, and I looked this guy up and he has done nothing. He has done nothing of significance culturally. Yeah, who is this guy? (laughs) Of course, no. Ron Howard has made some of the biggest movies you've probably seen. Apollo 13, A Beautiful Mind, Cinderella Man, and most recently, he has joined the Star Wars pantheon with Solo. So that's pretty huge. Pretty huge. (laughs) There is a... In my opinion, pretty strong ensemble cast here for this movie. We have incredible ensemble cast. It's yeah. um, you know you know all of these people. It's from something or other. We have Steve Martin. We have Mary Steenburgen. I I always I have pronounced her name wrong forever. I had to look it up. Steenburgen, <laughs> crazy. Mm. Uh, Diane Weist, Jason Roberts, Rick Moranis, Martha Plimpton, Harley Jane Kozak, and a very young Joaquin Phoenix. Crazy young, actually. A.K.A. Leaf. Leaf, yes, as credited in this film. So that's nuts. Which apparently he he picked that name as a child actor. Leaf? Yeah. Because he was jealous of, of River and Summer. <laughs> well, Phoenix. Oh, he yeah. He was like, Joaquin's no good. I want to be like River Phoenix and Summer Phoenix. And so he chose Leaf. I would have picked like Hurricane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Leaf is not where I would have gone. This is leaf. It's not the Viking leaf. It's like what is on a tree. Leaf like, like a tree. Yeah, yeah, straight up leaf. So yes. very delicate, you know. Okay. Hey, more power to him. He he made it he made it back to Joaquin. That's the important thing. We are back at a movie. So I'm torn. We're back at a movie that has like a, a, a critical and audience reception. Although this is not, mm-hmm. again, not a Keanu Reeves movie. He's in this for a bit. And he has some really great kind of uh, script to work with here. Yeah. But Whitney, do you want to take us through the the Rotten Tomatoes for Parenthood? Yeah. So we have a 93% uh, critical reception, which is Ooh, very high. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. And a 76% audience score. So that's, that's pretty high on both counts because yeah. audiences tend to be pretty critical unless it's something, you know, like get out. You tend to hover <laughs> around the 76% is probably usually pretty average for a good movie on Rotten Tomatoes for the audience. So, yeah, this movie went over very well. What would you what would the two of you classify this movie as because everywhere you would everywhere you look it's it's just straight comedy like that's the genre that it's slotted into would you call this a comedy? Mm, yeah, might be one of those like mixed genres like comedy drama. Yeah. Yeah, we always called those dramedies. There you go. All right, so that oh. yeah. There were because I laughed. There were parts of this movie I laughed. Obviously, Steve Martin is a uh, is quite a presence to behold. But then there are yes. other parts of this movie where I felt like I got 
punched in the gut. And I'm like, why? Why all these feelings? It's crazy. (laughs) Steve Martin, though, Steve Martin kind of held back, I think, comedically. There were a couple moments where, you know, his, like, goofy side came out. Yes. But for the most part, he maintained. I think he he did a good job of balancing it. Yeah, definitely. You have Steve Martin of, obviously, like, the SNL and the Three Amigos and all of that stuff. And his, you know pretty great stand-up career and then when he transitioned into acting it feels a little bit more dialed back but focused in a way where when he is goofy or funny it really hits so i i I enjoyed it i enjoyed the performance uh we have a couple uh quotes here users critics whenever there's a philly critic i'm gonna pull that quote i just um that's what's gonna happen (laughs) so desmond ryan of the inquirer here in philly says uh, the fulcrum of the film is martin It's an adventurous and successful stroke of casting that takes advantage of what the audience expects from him. So I think that pretty much lines up with what we were saying. So Mm -hmm. funny when he needs to be, but also pretty charming and endearing for the Mm -hmm. more serious parts. And then we have user Frances H. And she says, uh, one of my favorite movies and seeing it again was a treat. A wonderful cast with Steve Martin at his very best, giving a performance that brings to life, the warm, funny, touching story of all that is best and worst about family. Yep. Well captured. I remember last week that I wasn't, I I was pretty sure that I had never seen this film. And after having watched it, I know for sure that I had, I had not seen this film. Whitney, did this jog uh, memory in you? Did you see this? I have seen it. I was very young. And so it was pretty boring to me. Um, Yeah. This was not a movie for like an eight-year-old or whatever to see because there was nothing in it for me, really. Um, But I definitely did see it, so I just didn't remember it at all. And obviously, I don't don't even remember what my opinion was other than, you know, being bored at the time that I saw it. (laughs) So it's, it's basically like going in fresh for me, but I had, in fact, seen it before. Perfect. And Ev, you had seen this before, so you're revisiting it? Yeah, but also also a while ago. Okay. Um, and probably in pieces. So there were parts where I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, remember this. But for the, didn't have the whole arc, I don't think, until I watched it, um, you know, recently. If you would like to start us off on if it worked for you, and you can kind of yeah. use your previous experience as reference or, or whatever, just overall high-level thoughts, what, what did you think? Yeah, you know, the word I'd put to this is, is wholesome. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I think it it did a really good job of kind of capturing struggle and but also supplying levity, um, which is just I like that kind of balance in a movie where, you know, you don't really feel like you're just getting your ass kicked the whole movie. Yeah. Um, and and every now and then you get these like little bursts of joy and these little one liners or. You know, Keanu being ridiculous and 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 that just that makes it a good movie in general. Uh, I thought the pacing was right. I thought the plot was right. There were a couple moments in there where uh, I didn't expect things to go a certain way. Uh, and I, I always appreciate that, obviously. Um, you know, I think maybe originality, uh, I think it's there for the most part. You know, maybe it could be said that they could have kind of been one of the first to do this. I know that there's been other movies similar mm-hmm. um, or definitely TV shows, but yeah. um, I think that they still did a good job with it. So I, I liked it. It worked really well for me. Fantastic. Fantastic. Whitney, do you, uh, wh- what are your thoughts at a high level? Yeah, I feel, I feel, I feel pretty similarly. I definitely think that, so 
I am a 35-year-old woman. I get told a lot that I'm going to still change my mind about not wanting to have children. And now I'm just going to tell them to watch this movie because (laughs) this did not make me want to have children, even though I know that's kind of not necessarily the point of the movie. Is It's just that it's, you know, hard but worth it is kind of the moral of the story with this movie. Um, I did not see that as as kind of what I took away from it. I was like, God, thank goodness that I don't want to have children um, (laughs) was what I took away from it. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was good. I thought that it was a very strong cast. Um, my favorite plot line was the Diane Weist storyline. Yes. Um, that part of the family was by far my favorite and most interesting part of the story to me. I thought that the Steve Martin storyline was good. And I thought that dealing with, you know, a, a kid that has some emotional issues is is probably kind of a big deal for when this movie came out. Um, Like, if you were to see that now, I don't think it would be such a thing, but I think that at the time it was probably a pretty big deal. Um, And so I liked that, but I also didn't think that was the the most original or interesting part of the movie, that Mm -hmm. storyline. I definitely thought the Diane Weist part was the best, and that was the part with Keanu in it, so it was also the most relevant to this podcast. Um, (laughs) But yeah, overall, I thought I I enjoyed watching it. It was good. I also thought the pacing was good. Um, It's not something that I would be like, anxious to rewatch or anything. I yeah. think that once you've seen it, you're kind of done with it. So it's not a story that I want, need to like revisit all the time, but it was touching. It was funny. It was engaging. And the, the cast is all people that you, you know, are really charismatic and really like draw your eye. I never was like looking away to check email on my phone or anything while it was happening because everyone in it is so strong. What about you, Andrew? Yeah, overall, I I really enjoyed this. Coming in, not knowing much about it, I'm I'm shocked at how well they were kind of able to balance all of these characters. I I still, I I felt like there were maybe one or two too many characters. So some (laughs) people that were introduced kind of immediately got sidelined. I'm thinking specifically of the... Larry's son named Cool. <laughs> so he is introduced <laughs> yeah. and then he is invisible until the end of the film, right? So right. some characters have arcs that are literally just in service of other characters. Larry is one of those for me where we bring him in. We're like, oh, okay, he's introduced in a shorthand. Like, oh, don't give him money. Uh, and it pays right. off later for a different relationship in the movie. I liked it. I, I don't know if there would be a better way to improve it because I really like the payoff, so I guess I'll take it. Yeah. But uh, it's like a, necess- a necessary evil a little bit for you, right? Yeah, I in- I really enjoyed the payoff. That's what that's what counts. So I think the best part of the movie for me was how they told it from at least from Steve Martin's character uh, Gill's perspective. It was a generational story, so we had his dad, him, and then his son. And Mm -hmm. you get to see how each level interacts with the choices the other one makes. I thought that was really kind of interesting and the dynamics there also. So, you know, it's a story about like inevitably, (laughs) you know, try as you might, you might mess up your kids, right? Yeah, you're going (laughs) to F them up. Right? If you're the best dad or the worst dad, there's still going to be problems, right? (laughs) There's no getting around it. So, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a great 
story overall. Well, and I was trying to think when I was watching this. I don't remember um, Steve Martin's like whole body of work very well, but I think this might have been the first one that kind of sent him down a career uh, in his later years, like post stand up wackiness of like being a dad professionally in movies. Like, <laughs> yeah, he did yeah. Father of the Bride. Sure. And and there was like three of those or something, and yep. then cheaper by the dozen. <laughs> sure, and there were at and least like, at least two of those. <laughs> yeah, and and there's I know there's been a bunch more. Those were the two that came to mind. But like I thought that was interesting because I've seen all of those first because those were all more recent than than going back and seeing this. And it's interesting that he kind of took this and really really ran with the the whole struggles of being a father. Genre. Yeah, I th- I think uh, building on something else you said also, I'm kind of glad that I didn't see this earlier in my life because my, my eyes would have been glazed over. But watching it now, where I am in life, uh, yeah, there's a lot of wisdom here, and yes. even if we've heard it in other permutations. There's a lot to take away, especially from the relationship between Steve Martin his Gil character and his dad, there's a, there's a great dynamic there. They, and there are a lot of teachable moments and Keanu actually has like a really yeah. pretty incredible teachable moment. Yeah. Also Keanu's that, Keanu's big moment. We'll get to it when we get there, but that's my favorite scene in the whole movie. Yeah. It's yep. kind of the crux of the movie also. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's nuts that they just. For how much screen time he had in this and how small he was in comparison at the time to the rest of the ensemble cast, they gave him a lot of the work of the story to do, um, which I thought was interesting. And I, I thought he did a good job of doing that work. I thought he carried it well. It's certainly a nice change of pace from the other times we've seen him as like a bit part <laughs> where it's yeah. totally ephemeral. You just throw that whole character away and it doesn't change anything. So this was really nice. Yeah. Yeah, th- I think that's it overall. It kind of felt a little timeless to me in a way, right? I mean, there's obviously mm-hmm. things that put it squarely in the 80s, like hairstyles and cars and the appliances and stuff like that. And that workout ensemble that she wears when she's coming back from the gym. <laughs> uh, that yes. was a heck of a timepiece right there. Sure. I was so into that. Yeah. With the suspenders on the underwear that she wore outside of her leotard. <laughs> Choice. Oh, that was fantastic. Right. Yeah. Peak 80s right there. She it had just little, like, made it. Leg warmers scrunched up around her tennis shoes at the bottom. It was like a whole thing and it was so good. Yeah. I think you could this story you could tell it today and it would it would translate just as well. So Yeah, you would have to change none of the script. Right. It feels like you could just lift it and then drop it somewhere else. So obviously everything yeah. else about it was really well done. Ron Howard at this point I'm thinking he's probably, I didn't look what he did before this, but I know at least Cocoon and maybe Splash. I'm thinking Splash was like 86. Oh, Splash is so good. Yeah. So yeah. he's done he, um, a handful did, of movies? I don't know. He's done a bunch. His career started in, in 1969. Um, they were shorts and TV movies for the most part. But, Got it. Okay. Um, Willow was before this, actually right before it. Oh, yeah. There you go. Willow also. So the guy, very capable. He's like a journeyman of directors, right? He, mm-hmm. You can reliably go into a Ron Howard movie and know that it's like well-made, well-shot, 
well acted, yeah. well, like yeah. just overall solid. And this yeah. is no exception to that. So there was even some really cool um, during there's like a drag racing scene and it has one of my favorite camera effects, the dolly zoom, or the vertigo mm-hmm. effect, whatever you want to call it. Like right as the yeah. cars are taking off, I was like, oh, I can't believe he did it. That's such a cool shot. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. two seconds in the movie. But it was a nice little flourish. Overall, yeah. huge fan. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. Like Whitney, I probably I probably won't revisit. I, I mean, I think I got what I needed from this movie. I don't know if yeah. I necessarily need to revisit it. But it was definitely... Definitely well, I think solid. that that that's what kind of what Evan was saying about is this the most original story? I don't know. Maybe at the time it was, but I also feel like I've seen this story multiple times since. So um, this might have been early on in the sort of movies about parenthood or movies about life and how you deal with you know whatever drama you've been handed by your family. Um, yeah. But I do think that it was very well done, even if it's not something that like was totally new to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I will say, this is just a weird tangent, but I, I'm sure, well, I, I don't assume to know uh, what the two of you thought about it, but how time can recontextualize, we see this a lot in the 80s, something that was funny in the 80s, just like a throwaway kind of joke, and now that we've lived a life and things have happened. So I'm speaking specifically about the scene with the bell tower? On the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I could not. That mm-hmm. was like a very uncomfortable oh, yeah. thing to watch. It was like a it was automatic has... gun going off into what I guess a college campus, and I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh, this. I get it at a, at the time, but we've seen that it's happened multiple tens, dozens of times. So that was a little tough to to watch for me. Yeah, but. yeah, it was it was hard to watch. I think. Um... You know, it, it, it's completely to your point. You know, there's just a lot has happened since 89. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just you can't really blame the movie at all. Very hard to watch that now. Yeah, no, that's not their fault. Yeah, that's the. F- yeah, because the scene that immediately precedes it where he's dreaming about the, you know, I have the best, most well-adjusted kid. And that held up. That was super funny. He's out. He's like, yeah, stand up. He gets a standing ovation or whatever. And then it cuts to, oh, he dropped the ball. And here's the other outcome. And you're like, wow, geez, that hits close to home. That is, yeah, that's something else. But yeah, I mean, again, not the fault of the filmmakers or the script writers or anything. Just kind of a weird thing that is, can happen with older films. Mm -hmm. Do we have any other thoughts overall about this film no no okay then i think we are gonna move into america's favorite segment (laughs) (laughs) by america do you mean andrew well (laughs) sure sure i'm part of america yes but also (laughs) the collective are you two ready let's do this yeah let's do it here we go pop quiz asshole there was a time when I had the need to learn from you. Oh, what the hell do you know? Lose! I don't lose! I win! You got a lot to learn about sportsmanship. 
I've been trying to figure out a quick way to summarize what this is. It's just a trivia thing that we do on this show. There's a right answer, a wrong answer. Someone gets it wrong. The other person could steal. We're tallying up the points for an unknown prize. It could be a laser disc, <laughs> which is wholly useless in the grand scheme of things. It would just be something to put on the wall and say that you won. Yeah, yes. just, just bragging rights. It's the best, which yes. are the best rights, truly. They are. They are the best rights. <laughs> Way better than birthrights. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. The host is the person who does the research and formulates the questions. So in the case mm-hmm. of this episode, it will be Evan leading oh, yeah. this little trivia session. So whenever you're Watch ready. Watch out. <laughs> please be gentle. This is my first time. Yeah, it's not going to be difficult. Turns out I'm not great at trivia. Really <laughs> selling this. but um. Uh yeah, are we ready? I am. I'm the yes. first. I'm the first question nervous. is: We're starting with Andrew since he's oh, the, the 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 new guy. God damn it! Okay. Okay. Let's do it. So, which one of these actors was not considered for the role of Gil Buckman? Was not considered. Okay, that's the, You're that's gonna the have, titular Steve Martin character. You're going to have five people, and you have Get to pick one out of my face. who is not considered. <laughs> this is going to be fun. All right. One, Dan Aykroyd. Two, Michael Keaton. Three, Kevin Costner. Four, Robin Williams. Or five, Tom Hanks. Get out of my face. They, oh, my God. All right. <laughs> who was not considered? Um, I mean, this is just, this is impossible. This is, I'm going with Aykroyd. God damn it. (laughs) Okay. Whitney, would you like to steal? Look, five answers makes this way harder. Costner? Oh! (laughs) I don't like it. He could have worked in this movie. All right. He could have, but he's the only one that is like, primarily serious movies at this point. Kevin Costner's mm. never really done comedy. Everyone else on the list, even if they've been more serious, has done some comedy stuff. That was why I guessed him, was because he was more Field of Dreams at this point and Dances (sighs) with Wolves and less... Great movies. Yeah. I figured Aykroyd swung too far in the other direction, where he's all blues brothers. Well, that's also a fair... But I would have gone (laughs) Robin Williams if that were the case. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a goofy fella. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, Whitney, are you ready? I'm ready. Hit me. How old was Helen Shaw, who played the grandmother, during the filming of this movie? Your choices are 85, 92, or 78. Uh, 92? (laughs) Fun addition. Well, not so fun. Um... (laughs) I this have a feeling <laughs> this is going to get dark in a second. <laughs> this was actually the last movie she was billed in before her death at 100. Wow. I'm she wow. to 100. 92 in this movie. That's impressive. She had yeah. a couple poignant lines that were uh, that I enjoyed. So, all right. Andrew, you ready? I guess. Okay. Give me five the- answers. <laughs> In the TV adaptation of this movie that ran in 1990 for only 12 episodes, who played Gary, formerly played by Leif or 
Joaquin Phoenix. Three options here. Leonardo DiCaprio, Johnny Depp, or Matt Damon. What? I feel like I would have known about this. Um... I'm going to go with Johnny Depp. <laughs> this is who was not considered? No, who, uh, who who actually played Gary. Who actually played Gary in the TV show. 1990. 1990. Leonardo DiCaprio? Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Because Matt Damon wasn't a thing yet. Matt Damon's first thing was Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. He was, um, what did I just see? He was an extra in, I think, Field of Dreams. All right, Whitney. What other Ron Howard movie was almost made into a TV show? Is it Ransom, Backdraft, or Willow? Hmm. I, mm, Willow? <laughs> I'm hurting myself here. Oh, I'm going to need your address, Whitney, for the laser disc. <laughs> uh, just Backdraft and Ransom didn't seem like TV shows to me. Maybe Backdraft, I could see a fighter, firefighter thing. Yeah. But... Yeah. Yeah, that'd be on CBS for sure. <laughs> All right, Andrew, this might be a soft lob if you did any kind of research. I did none. I wanted to go. I didn't want to. Yeah, no, the whole point. We, the we all agreed. We all agreed that the person who does the research would be the only one doing research. Can't you right. tell? I did no homework. <laughs> how much, Andrew, how much did this film gross in theaters? Oh, get all oh my numbers. Okay. <laughs> 100 million, 50 million, or 350 million? I like your non-sequential. You don't count up. You're like, I'm going to put these in whatever order I want. Oh, no. It's all about confusion. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> this is a Ron Howard movie. $350 million seems way too high for 1989. <laughs> it seems yeah. like that's the one I can get rid of and make this a 50-50. So... Adjusted for inflation or, or just no. back then? Okay. <laughs> um, uh, all right. I'm just going to go. I got to say 100. 50 seems too low. 100. Oh, my God. <laughs> you did it. Nice. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, my God. So um, additional information here. The first time it went into theaters, they actually got just shy of $100 million, so they re-released it so that they could officially say that they got $100 million on this oh. movie. Wow, that's pretty sneaky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Interesting. Whitney, oh. this one's mm -hmm. off the wall a little bit, but it's going to be fun. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Which famous boy band has a member of the group as an extra in this movie? What? Is it <laughs> Backstreet Boys, Sync? Or 98 Degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Whitney, this is a pure guess for me. Justin Timberlake was in one of these. He was in NSYNC, right? Yeah. Justin Timberlake was in NSYNC. <laughs> but he probably wasn't in this film, so. I'm sh positive he was not in this film. <laughs> I think the Backstreet Boys are a little bit older 
average age than NSYNC or 98 Degrees, so I'm gonna say Backstreet Boys. Oh my really? God! Sleuthing and deduction. It was <laughs> Howie. Howie was Howie in- Howie uh, was in this movie? He was in the first row in the classroom scene when Nathan comes in to sing. Whoa. Weird. Was he the guy with the killer mullet by any chance? I, I'd have to go look. I have There's... to watch that scene again. I'm definitely going right. to watch that scene again <laughs> and see if I can find Howie in that classroom of teenagers. That's wild. That's unbelievable. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up trivia. Where Oof. are we standing, Andrew? Guys, oh I'm crushing all of you. Yeah. Yes, Whitney has true. 13. <laughs> Evan, you have three. Yes. I have two. So, <laughs> yeah. <Woo! laughs> The only chance we have to catch up is we have to make Whitney host for maybe the next five episodes, I think, <laughs> so she cannot actually play just, the game. Just get, just discount yeah. me from being able to get points at all. all right, uh -huh. that's a great idea. We just want your opinion on. That's fine. It'll still be a, in tomorrow. It'll still be a moral <laughs> victory for me that you had to take me out of the game that's to beat true. me. That's true. It's that's one of the greatest victories. We're talking about all of these: the best rights, the best victories. It's so good, so good. Mm -hmm. Oh man. All right, Good stuff. So that, that was pop quiz. So now yeah. we're we're gonna we're gonna get into this thing. We're gonna dive. Yeah, in. let's get into it. Evan, I want you to buy three tickets for the emotional roller coaster. Go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reference because they talk about that mm -hmm. on them in the movie. Yeah. Um, all right, which you clearly didn't plan, and I just picked up on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so. Um, yeah, the movie opens at a baseball game, and I believe it is a Cardinals game. Mm -hmm. um, and there is a little boy going to the game with his dad, uh, and the dad is saying that he has things he has to take care of, so he pays an usher to watch the little boy. And we're meant to understand that he's going to go bet or, you know, otherwise gamble away his money. Yeah. Um, and very hilariously, the child starts to teach the usher about life. He gets very philosophical. Um, it was and a great opening scene. Phenomenal scene. Um, has the very psychological conversation with this usher about his dad. Um, and I loved when the usher was like, you don't talk like a kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Um, but what we end up learning is that this is a little bit of a dream state. It's actually Steve Martin's character, Gil. Um, who is at the baseball game, but he's clearly having some sort of weird flashback dream state. Um, and he's there with his wife and kids. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's this phenomenal, the whole opening is just the the parents and the kids trying to get to the car from the game. And I thought they captured this perfectly. Their hands are full of different crap that they <laughs> bought and it's like falling mm -hmm. and they're dragging the kids and carrying them. Really funny. I thought the direction for the kids, they were all really good. Because a yeah. kid I, can ruin a movie like yep. that. And they yep. nailed it. Right. My favorite actor in this movie, other than Diane Weist, was the youngest blonde-haired curly boy. Yes, yeah. Oh, Steve yes. Steve Martin's son. That little kid did an incredible, incredible acting job when he was, like, too young to understand that he was doing an incredible acting job. Like, I don't right. know how they got that. But all of the kids that they got from top to bottom in this movie did an excellent job of yep. really selling it. Yeah, it was it was very good. Very good. Um, so now they're driving home. Uh, the kids fall asleep in the car. Uh, and they 
you know, carry the kids in, super classic. Hilarious scene here with the boy you just mentioned, Whitney, <laughs> uh, in a mm-hmm. cowboy outfit mm-hmm. and just wearing, like, the gun belt and a hat and uh, just running around naked. Hilarious. So funny. <laughs> the joke, the Steve Martin joke about, should I wear this yeah. later? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was like, all right, I'm ready for all of Steve Martin quips for yeah. the rest of this film. Yeah. So funny. Um, and the, one of the daughters is sick. Another great one-liner here. Uh, the daughter throws up on Steve. And the, the mom, um, Steenberger, is, says, well, what are you waiting for? Like, clean her up. And he's like, I was waiting for her head to spin around. Which is just a great exorcist reference. Thought yep. they nailed that. Um, yeah. And so now we're seeing um, Steve and his wife kind of getting some alone time. They're talking about kids um, and just kind of going through that. You know, they're talking about the kids in school and and problems are starting to amount. We're starting to get an idea of kind of the pressure of of having children. Um, And then we kind of jump over to Gary who is um, introduced and is this to and the sister of Steve, who is played by Weist. Um, yes. And so Gary is um, Weist's son, who's played by Joaquin Phoenix. Um, and he always has this little brown bag so that we see this this mysterious brown paper bag. Uh, we don't know what's in it, but he's just kind of darting out of the house. It's clear he doesn't want to be home. Um, and then we also introduce Weiss's other daughter, Julie, um, who is fighting with her mom about her boyfriend. And here we go. Keanu shows up. <laughs> From Here's under the, bad the boy. bed. From the under bad the bed. And, yeah. and just as tidy whities <laughs> Yeah. And um, he's got a camera. So he's going to be, he says, we can record our love. So he wants to take some still photos. Um, teenage teenage type things Mm. um and then we're introduced to the third couple which is susan and uh nathan yep and they are it's very funny nathan is having a very serious conversation we can't see who he's talking to but it's about knowledge and growing up and applying yourself (laughs) and finally when the camera comes around it's their tiny little daughter she's got to be two or three maybe um and just just really well shot, really kind of built it up a little bit. Uh, but you can tell that Nathan kind of wants to have this brainiac child. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like his goal. So um, the uh, we then move over to the families all together at Helen's house. And Helen is played by Weist, correct? I was getting some of the names backwards. Yes, Helen is yeah, yeah, Diane that's, Weist. That's Helen, yeah. And then um, so... Basically, they're they're trying to like show off Patty that she's really smart. Pretty crazy, actually. The scene there with the stickers on the paper. <laughs> oh yeah, square root. Square. Yeah. So they they ask this little girl what the square root of a, a very large number is, and she points to a a piece of paper with a lot of stickers on it, suggesting that not only did she count all the stickers on that paper, but she knew the square root. And meanwhile, one of Steve Martin's kids is just eating the stickers off of the paper. <laughs> so. Really great setting this up. Um, but they're planning for a big surprise. So we have St- uh, Steve Martin's father, or, or at least all the couple, um, you know, uh, who it would have been Helen's father and 
Stephen's father and um, the, third, the third, who is about to be introduced. Right. So it ends up the surprise is this guy Larry shows up, um, who's who seems like somebody who asks a lot of people that are close to him, uh, gets himself in trouble. He uh, says that he's living a life that he isn't. He's kind of just addicted to gambling and he needs money and he can't can't get over Larry, it. Larry's and, the fourth, by the way. Harley yeah, he's fourth, right? Kozak is the other kid. Yes, he's, that's got it. Steve Martin has two sisters. Correct. That's it. And then Larry yeah. is the youngest. Yeah. Um, and as Andrew mentioned earlier, we introduced to Larry's child named Cool, who <laughs> he had with a showgirl. Um, in Vegas. In Vegas, who left. So she was running because she, like, killed someone. It was a crazy <laughs> <Yeah>. story. <laughs> but it's just played, like, it's just, again, they just threw, I was like, yeah, it's a crazy, yeah, she shot a guy, and she's on yeah. the lamb, basically. Right, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Larry concocts this story that he's getting into some new business venture around hydroponics. Um, and then suddenly the power goes out in the house, which is pretty funny. They're trying to find a flashlight. And they find Helen's vibrator, which was just an <laughs> unbelievable scene. Mm-hmm. Um, His Steve Martin's laugh. Yeah, I paused the movie. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. It was so the laugh of a brother finding his yeah. sister's vibrator and showing it to the public accidentally. Yes, right. it was it just was the best. And I think there was like an offhanded <laughs> comment, like that was pretty big, or like a what? It's the kids are like, what is that? It's like it's an ear cleaner or something. It's like that's pretty yeah. big or something. It was great. Yeah. It was perfect. Um, yeah. So then we jump to. Um, Steve Martin and his wife are going to meet with the principal about their son, and they basically explain, the, the principal and, and a doctor that's on staff, explain that their son should be in special education mm. um, and that he needs, the kid needs special attention, basically. And they don't, you know, Steve and his wife, they don't want that. They don't want him to be singled out. Uh, they don't want him to be made fun of. And so they end up saying that they're going to Maybe send him to a, a private psychiatrist. I thought uh, in this scene that they they did a really nice job of making the principal and the doctor very considerate and very yeah. nice people. Yeah. Um, which I wasn't expecting. It would expecting. have been easy to make them the bad guys in this. Right. And they didn't. Yeah. Um, it was kind of refreshing because a lot of times it, that's the case, right? The, the principal is like doesn't know what they're doing or they're just kind of being assholes. But this was really well done. Yeah, they didn't, neither of them assumed the worst. They were like, clearly these are two people that care. They just maybe don't see what we see. Yep. Um, So Keanu and and Julie are now getting the photos that they took in the bedroom. Um, Very hilariously, uh, there's a mix-up, and Julie's mom has already picked up their photos, uh, and they (laughs) are picking up her mom's photos, so they Same just switch them. Same name. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Julie gets home, and and Helen uh, is is looking through her daughter's um, sex pictures. Sex pictures. Yeah. Let's just put it weird. out there. A little weird. Um, and they get into a fight, and and Julie determines that she's going to leave. And there's this kind of th- that this was really great for Weist um, or Helen, where. She showed so many different spectrums of emotion where she was like, go ahead, get out. Um, You know, she's talking about how lonely she is at one point that she hasn't been with like a man. And 
Um, and she kicks her daughter out and then she runs outside and is trying to bring her back. And it, it was just really well captured. I thought that she did a great job there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we jump over to Larry again with his dad. And they're looking at this beautiful old car. It's a 1935 Ford Model 48. Um, just a classic kind of mobster car, if you, if you can imagine one of those. Um, fun fact about that car, when it was released in 1935, you could pay $4 and get an oil pressure gauge on the car if you wanted that option. <laughs> two windshield wipers. Two, two windshield wipers were also an option, so not included. Um do you, do you live in a rainy place? Then you should buy the optional windshield wipers. <laughs> um, so beautiful car that he clearly loves, uh, the father, and maintains. Um, but Larry ends up asking for money from the dad. I think he says like three grand. Um, and so then we, we jump back over to Nathan, who is there with Patty. They're talking about taking a vacation. Uh, and potentially want to take Patty with them versus leave her with, with Steve Martin's family. Yeah. And really funny here, Nathan's wife gets so mad at him that she uncovers like a hoard of, of sugar or, or like <laughs> treats um, and candy and stuff. So apparently she hides that from him, the fact that she eats unhealthily, um, which I thought was fact, pretty funny. You get the You get the feeling that Nathan played by... Rick Moranis is kind of a um, kind of a controlling kind of asshat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't. It, yeah, th- th- there's no real easy way to put it. The guy he has his way, and anything mm-hmm. that deviates from that is is incorrect, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think that the stash of junk food was funny because that's not a good sign in a relationship. Right. I was like, oh, yep. Yep, she's got to hide the comfort food. Yeah. I liked her face when she she bit she into was, She uh, did like such a, a good job cuz I thought she was going to be like sad, no. but then she was like angry. Uh, it was yeah. like she was hitting him with every bite of the cupcake yeah. and it was really good. <laughs> I liked yeah. that part of it. I did not, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that it's yeah, hidden in a shoebox in the closet or something. It's like, right. Oh, how about that?" <laughs> um so we are then Talking to, uh, we see Steve is now with his boss, and um, we get a vibe that, you know, Steve's kind of become the old guy in the office, and he wants the partner deal, but the boss is telling him, you got to step up. There's young kids that we can pay less, and they'll do more. Yeah. So um, that kind of upsets, the, you know, Steve a little bit, but then he's with his son, at the at the arcade, and his son very plainly asks him, "Why am I seeing a psychiatrist?" And so um, he has to kind of explain that to him. It's a little bit awkward. Um, and then we're back to the old car. We're showing Larry's kid the car, um, and out of nowhere, around the corner, we hear a speeding car, and Larry, Cool's dad, is thrown out of the back of this like old Lincoln. Um, and he kind of just rolls on the grass. So it's clear that he was tuck and roll shoved out of this car <laughs> by some baddies. That line was the, the dad's line is great. He was like, what, what happened? He's like, oh, some friends dropped me off. He's like, friends, slow down or even stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's great. Yeah. Um, and then we, and kind of in parallel, we see Julie is brought home by the police 
um, in the back of a police car. So clearly she didn't she didn't get far running away. I think she was panhandling to try and get some money um, and got arrested for that. Yeah. So um, then, you know, Julie gets into it about Todd with her mom. Um, we see Gary show up again and he leaves with the bag. Still don't know what's in the bag. And then Keanu like flies into the door, um, like a, <laughs> it's, it's like a Kramer entrance into the house <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he wants to get Julie back. So he, he actually does a good job of explaining his, his bad behavior. Um, you know, cause Julie said that they had broken up. He explains that it was his brother's fault, like pressured him. Uh, and he still wants to be with her, and then he sneaks out this thing that Julia's is actually his wife, um, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Uh, and and Helen or, or Weiss kind of she's taken back by this. She's super upset um, because we didn't mention earlier because she had a, a marriage end. You know, she was in a bad marriage, so um, she's pretty upset. Yep, she's a single mom. Julie is what seventeen or am I or eight? I guess eighteen at this. She's pretty. Is she still in school? She's pretty young, right? She doesn't seem to be still in school, so okay. I think she is pretty. Well, she, she looks had very just gotten young. her SAT scores. Oh so yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Junior, senior year, right? I was just thinking about like how old do you have to be to marry without parental consent, right? Uh, but I guess right. that changes depending on where you are. So she could have yeah. been eighteen. Sure. Basically, we see that Keanu kind of wins her back. And then we go over to Steve Martin, who's teaching a baseball team, and he makes his son second base. And I, I, this hurt me because I was like, I know what's going to happen here. <laughs> like, we're, we're not on the upside of, of his son's story yet. We can't be. So you kind of get this feeling that Kevin's going to quite literally drop the ball in this role. Um, but before that, Steve has this dream state that Andrew mentioned earlier where, you know, Kevin becomes this amazing human, right? He's valedictorian. He gives a speech about his dad and how pivotal his dad was in his life. And Steve Martin gets a standing ovation from the audience <laughs> at this presumably an Ivy League college. Um, so really funny, pretty story. But then Kevin misses the game-winning catch and blames his father. He blames Steve. And then... Uh, we go right back into a dream state, but it's the polar opposite. Um, and this is what we mentioned earlier. Kevin is unfortunately um, just on top of this bell tower with some sort of weapon, uh, submachine gun, if you will. And he's just kind of spraying bullets around a campus. So, um, you know, the way that they depicted this was interesting because he was missing everything, right? He was he was shooting at, like, bikes and he was shooting at, like, objects. And, and I thought that... It was good that they didn't show anybody getting hit, any, like, yeah. person getting hit. Um, but again, to our earlier point, it still was hard. It's still just for us in our generation, I guess. It was just... Well, there's, it's just one of those things that, you know, in 89 was not a thing like it has right. become in the 20 years or so since. It's, yeah. it's now, like, a thing that... 30 years, I guess. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm old. What um, is time... <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, it just, you know, school shootings and, and, and on-campus shootings and re f shooters in bell towers and all that kind of thing is now such a, uh, a part of 
unfortunately, everyday life that it was hard to watch and not funny. And it, they tried to play it down by, like you said, Evan, not showing anyone getting hit. And yeah. Steve Martin is standing up there and encouraging him. He's like, it's right. important to be that. supportive or something like that. Um, and they, they try and make a joke out of it. He says he's a good shot or something. He get, Yeah, he gets to like a megaphone shot out of his hand or something along those lines. And he's like, Oh, great shot, son. Or yeah. I mean, it, it it falls flat now, but I, I could see how maybe the only frame of reference was JFK. You know, when you're thinking 89, I don't know if enough time had even elapsed then probably, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah. Um, so at any rate, the idea is that Steve feels like he's ruined his life now by putting him in second at second base. Um, and then we jump over to Susan and Nathan, <laughs> where Nathan is testing a, a a diaphragm, as in the contraceptive, and there's water Water's dripping through it. out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so he's blaming her for trying to sneakily have another child, um, which was again which was a, a sign of a very very bad yes. relationship. Yes. Um, but then, very excitingly, we cut back to Keanu and Julie. And, guys, it's the return of an amazing haircut. Yes. <laughs> Keanu, once again, is shaving the side of his head. Um, he's also shaving Julie's head. Um, and so... Keanu sort of has, like, a proto-Macklemore. Yeah. Just <laughs> like, nice. if you think, side, if you think of the long. Macklemore, but, like, longer. Yeah. Right. That's yep. what he has. And they're basically giving her, it looks like a, a mohawk, essentially. They're yep. shaving all of the back of her head and just leaving the top. It was great. <laughs> um, so then Gary says that he doesn't really want to live in that house anymore. Um, and so he tries to call his dad. And and this was another really great camera movement. I don't know if either of you remember this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was a really long shot um, of kind of just moving around – uh, Helen's character, uh, and it—I guess what it, it kind of conveyed to me was separation, the fact that she was in another room, yeah, and that Gary was trying to make this phone call privately to his dad. It, it was just—it it was almost di- very different from all the other shots in the movie. It, it almost felt like it didn't belong in the movie, but it was still really great. They even like the audio was even when he was talking, and you—we were on her. Everything was almost inaudible, like yeah. what his yeah. conversation was. It was really, yeah, I, I thought it was really wonderful. They even, there's like the glass door or part of the wall or something there that is like a literal barrier between them. Right. So, yeah. And a metaphor, obviously. But yeah, it was I, well done. Ron Howard, this guy knows what he's doing. I also think both the both the actors in this scene did an outstanding job because- yeah. She clearly doesn't want him to do this. She's clearly hurt by him wanting to go live with his father. But she also knows that if he does this, he's going to be crushed. Yeah. But she doesn't want to stand in his way because it's the first time that he's saying literally anything to her in forever. So Pretty she's much. like, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll tell you his phone number. And she knows how it's going to play out. And this whole sort of like straining to not take action. Yeah. 
Um, but knowing how it's going to pan out to not take action was very, very well done on her end. And I, I mean, there's a lot of great child actors out there, but you definitely can see, um, Joaquin's acting chops from like a very early age because he is outstanding on this phone call with his dad and we don't hear his dad's end of the conversation, but it's clear that his dad, first of all, his dad thinks it's the son with the new family. Yep. And he's like, no, not that son, your other son. And that was hard. But then when his dad was like, that's not a good idea, you could just see it all over his face and the way that his voice like shook when he said, okay. And it was just, it was very, it was crushing. Yeah, it was a great scene. I was very impressed by, by walking there. <clears throat> Sorry, Leaf. <laughs> Get it right. Um, so he ends up getting really upset. Gary gets really upset and um, takes off. And now we're at Kevin's birthday party, Steve's son, and just a crazy scene in general. Like, the next 30 minutes of the movie <laughs> was really just wild. Um, we see a lot of different things happening. Uh, Steve's character is trying to do some tricks for some kids, which is pretty funny. And um, we have kids swinging at a pinata that they can't break. Which that was, was just great. a subtle comedy. It was perfect. He gets a um, saw. He gets a handsaw, yeah. and he's trying to open this pinata. <laughs> it was over the top, but I yeah. loved it. Um, but the, the buildup is supposed to be that there's this there's this child entertainer that's supposed to be coming, um, who gets the wrong address, and instead of the child entertainer coming, an adult entertainer shows up, um, which is the stripper. Same agency. Same agency. <laughs> yeah, same agency. That's yes. true. It's a good point. The, the <laughs> balloon animal cowboy child party guy gets yep. sent out from the same people who are sending this stripper out. They just, yeah, they get the numbers mixed up. I, it's yeah. good that stuff. was just a, another really, I was like, oh, that's fun. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Not plausible, but fun. Mm-hmm. So Steve Martin decides he's going to become this cowboy character. Um, builds himself a, a cowboy outfit, which was so great. Out crazy. of the bathroom rug. <laughs> so loved good. it. I loved ba- it. Bathroom rug chaps. Um, and he has a big water fight with the kids. Um, and then he kind of arrives on horseback um, and just does this whole character. We start to see a little bit of silly Steve Martin here. Yeah, yeah, he definitely leaned into the Steve Martininess here, but it was really great the way that you saw the transition in all of the kids from being like, you're his dad, man, you're not a performer, you're not this cowboy guy we all wanted, and being very dubious and pissed off to getting into what he's doing, like seeing them all sort of start to buy into the Steve Martin cowboy thing and the getting involved in the water fight and whatever. It was really well edited and and really well directed. Definitely. Yeah. Again, Um, even those kids that were just extras, all really good. All did a very good job. Yeah. That one shot of all the kids shooting their water guns up at the roof at Steve Martin. They all raise their pistols up to like the exact same angle. Yeah. Really yeah. fantastic. <laughs> um, and then it's the end of the day and Kevin is going to bed. He has this really sweet line where he says that he wants to work where his dad does so they can see each other every day. Um, it was just nice. Nice ending to the party. Um, and then we cut over to a very different scene, which I think was very on purpose of Gary is just ransacking his dad's office. He's breaking things. It's I guess he's a dentist. 
Um, he's just <laughs> ruining his office with a hammer. Yeah. And um, his mom finds out, Helen finds out, and decides that she's going to kind of break into his room to get a better idea, but is ultimately looking for that mysterious brown bag. Uh, and hilariously, kind of, I didn't get it at first. Uh, there's a tape in there with Back to the Future and yeah. what was the other movie? It was another movie that I think Steve Martin was in. At any rate, it's the the tapes slide out of the jackets, uh, the VHS box, and it, they're actually pornography tapes. Uh, so it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that that makes sense. That lines up. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, she starts watching the movies. Another funny clip here where she's like caught watching these movies. Yeah, the grandmother comes in. <laughs> yeah, her sister and her grandmother walk in while she's got this tape on. Yeah, the grandmother's like, what channel is that? Yeah. Which is pretty funny. <laughs> she says, that one gentleman reminds me of your grandfather. <laughs> your grandfather loved that line. She was not shocked by what was happening at all. Yeah. And she was just like, oh, that guy reminds me of your dad. Yeah. It's on the- Grandma's on the up and up. She knows. Uh, yeah. she knows yeah. what's going she, on. She knows. She's seen the world. She's got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Helen is uh, confronts Gary, who's very upset that that she's kind of broken into his private space. But then Keanu kind of inadvertently saves the day here. Um, yeah. He shows up. He's actually looking for Julie. Um, but Helen has this idea that Keanu should talk to Gary, kind of mano y mano, um, and. Keanu agrees. He's kind of this happy-go-lucky character. He's like, sure, yeah, whatever. And um, comes out of this meeting to explain to Helen what's happening. Um, So very, very well done here by Keanu. Um, Whitney, I think this is the kind of the pivotal part of the movie that you were referencing earlier for Keanu. Mm -hmm. Um, And he just, he delivers a great kind of viewpoint, but also kind of shows up as someone who could become kind of a man of the house. Absolutely. Well, she, the the mom up until this point has just seen him as this, like, he's going to go nowhere and, mm-hmm. and my teenage daughter's in love with him, but he's, you know, not good for her, et cetera, et cetera. And then it shows that he has, he may not be the smartest guy and he may not be the, you know, most um, successful person. He's not super ambitious and that kind of stuff. But he has an emotional intelligence that yeah, yep. um, his mom had never seen until now. And then the scene really kind of shows that, you know, you don't know a person by just assuming their life circumstances or whatever. And this guy actually might be pretty good for her family. Um, I think we have the audio for this. I guess a boy Gary's age really needs a man around. Yeah. Well, mm. depends on the man. I had a man around. He used to wake me up in the morning by flicking lit cigarettes at my head. Hey, asshole, get up and make me breakfast. You know, Miss Buckman, you need a license to buy a dog or drive a car. Hell, you need a license to catch a fish. But don't let any butt-reaming asshole be a father. That? That's that's the whole movie in a mm-hmm. <laughs> in a nutshell, really. Yeah, it, it kind of is. Yeah. Um, but just on watching Diane Weist's face when he does this, and and the fact that 
when Keanu was having this talk with her son, who's been so angry and so quiet and so secretive and whatever, that just having this conversation about getting a boner and jerking off and whatever with somebody, he smiled and he relaxed for the first time in forever. And the mom was so just like he was happy. He smiled and and just how immediately she was willing to accept that he might have some insight and and some emotional intelligence that she hadn't seen before she was immediately like it was all over her face and he did an incredible job with it too um it was just a really good scene my favorite scene in the movie absolutely he's he's during this i love all of his movement during this too he's like drinking milk from a carton yeah he's so casual and still kind of being like a a teenage jerk that a mom wouldn't like by like drinking milk out of the carton and tossing the empty donut box casually somewhere <laughs> while he's talking and whatever yeah. but he's, he's yeah the, all the words yeah it's great did you notice his weird like full body shutter right at the end of this scene mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so he kind of snaps he snaps out of this kind <laughs> yeah. of uh the serious that he's in yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very funny um so then we jump over to the garage where the car is typically kept but it's not there which is not okay um, and we're meant to assume that Larry is somewhere with it. Um, <clears throat> at least I did. And then we're kind of taken to a Chuck E. Cheese type place. Um, and Kevin, unfortunately, has this meltdown. So it's it's kind of this subtle reminder about the conversation with the principal. Like maybe he does have some issues that they need to sort out. Um, he has this meltdown because he lost his retainer. Um, mm-hmm. And then we see the parents, Steve and, and his wife, out and back digging through the trash trying to find the the retainer, um, which was an unsettling scene. And they're also discussing Kevin's potential problems while they're doing this. Uh, Really funny scene here where Steve Martin asks, like, how did he become so obsessive while he's cleaning his hands? Yeah, Very he's like scrubbing them. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. so funny. I, I think that this, so this was something that obviously was throughout the whole movie. Um, the where did Kevin get like this thing? And the why is he so high strung and why is he so nervous and why is he so whatever and and emotional? And I mean, clearly he got it from his dad (laughs) and they sort of address that without Mm -hmm. ever actually saying it in words. Like there's a lot of stuff that they do put into words in this movie, but they don't ever actually have Steve Martin realizing that he's a neurotic mess. So his kid is also a neurotic mess. And I think that that was really interesting and kind of poignant because it shows that like, even while you're learning all this stuff about yourself as a father and your kids and your dad and, you know, your relationship with your parents and how that changed you, you can still not look around and see I'm a neurotic high strung mess. And so is my child. And, um, so how can I relax to get him to relax and that kind of yeah. stuff? I think that they did a really good job of sort of threading that needle of of the things that he realized and said out loud and were spoken and things that were just sort of like for us to watch the relationship of the parents mm. and the kids together and sort of infer stuff as well. Yeah. Um, so we then see the parents driving home. Uh, and they, they get in an accident because um, Steenburge and his wife is is trying to add some some excitement to their to their drive home and and release some of Steve Martin's character's stress. Um, you got really so you can, close to the microphone there, buddy. You can well, you know, I was getting 
<laughs> Were you pantomiming? It was like uh, it was like ladies' man on SNL. Oh, okay. Just I understand. Talking softly and yeah, so I was pantomiming. <laughs> um, so I'll let you put that together, listening audience, and then yeah, the it's fine. <laughs> That's true. So then we we find out Larry was actually trying to sell the old car to cover a amount due to a bookie. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he doesn't give that bookie twenty six grand, he's going to be killed. So um, not surprising, right? Larry's just this. He's an issue for the family. Yeah. Um, yeah. Susan says that she's going to leave Nathan. Um which was, was really well done. She did it with flashcards, which was pretty funny. The whole movie, you see him with flashcards with the daughter or in various permutations, and she's like, this is the only way I can get your attention. Yeah. I made flashcards. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we see that Julie's mom, or Helen, is uh, dating the biology teacher, and they just went on a nice date. They're back at the house. Um, and Gary and Keanu are playing, like, roughhousing, so it's a really nice scene. They're just like... Behaving like brothers, having a great time. Yeah. Yep. It's the only time that Joaquin Phoenix acts like a kid in the whole movie. Right. Yeah. Um, And so, but then we're kind of plummeted into uh, an issue with Keanu where he's caught racing. Julie doesn't want him racing. He he thinks of himself as kind of a drag racer. Um, And, or we find out that Julie is is pregnant. So... um, this is, of course, after learning that Todd doesn't, no longer has a way to pay for them because he gave up his job as a painter, house painter, I believe. So Steve is back at work now. We jump to him at work, and he's all fed up, so he quits his job. Um, but then he By comes the way, home. I, I yeah. know we've moved on, but that Diane Weiss thing about I can't be a grandmother. I was at Woodstock. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. in the field while she's drinking like giant shots of vodka, and like the biology teacher says I was at Woodstock, and she was like, hmm, "I thought you looked familiar," and just chugs vodka. <laughs> that whole the whole interaction was beautiful. Her whole freak out of I'm too young to be a grandmother. I was at Woodstock, kind of a thing was hilarious. Yeah, she so about like hanging on the side of a helicopter or something. Yeah. Shit, I'm too crazy. This is not this is not happening. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, we get back to uh, Steve and um, Steenburgen, Mary Steenburgen are talking about the fact that he quit and then she drops a bomb that she's pregnant. Um, and so they, they have this argument about where how to, how to move forward. Um, and... You know, they talk about not having the child and interesting reference here. Actually, he says we should have a dozen, which is a funny reference to <laughs> yeah. cheaper it's, by the dozen. It's a that doesn't happen for another, what, 10 years? <laughs> yeah. Um, he knew. <laughs> uh, but then um, we're back at the Little League field. Steve is there. Um, and Steve's dad shows up to talk about this issue with Larry. Um, and they get into this conversation about like being a shitty father and they kind of just have it out a little bit. They have this nice little come to Jesus about it. We have the, the audio from that, which is, is one of my favorite lines spoken by the dad here. You know, when you were two years old, we thought you had polio. You know about that? Yeah. Mom once said something. Yeah. Well, for a week. 
we didn't know. I hated you for that. What? I did. I did. I, I, I hated having to go through that. Caring, worrying, pain. It's not for me. And you know, it's not like that all ends when you're 18 or 21 or 41 or 61. It never, never ends. It's like your Aunt Edna's ass. It goes on forever and it's just as frightening. <laughs> it's true. There is no end zone. You never cross the goal line, spike the ball, and do your touchdown dance. Never. That last part right there, I was like, holy, I got chills right now hearing yeah. it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. You never spike the ball when you're a parent. That is insane. Yeah. yeah. Pretty, uh, Pretty poignant. Um, and so we then see a, a big hit at the Little League game, and, and Kevin makes the catch this time. Huge celebration. Again, we see some Steve Martin come out with his, like, celebration dance moves. That oh, was yeah. really great. Totally, yeah. like, the jerk or from his yep. stand-up routine. Like, very, very physical comedy. It was yep. so <laughs> fun to watch. Um, and then we see Larry and the father sitting down and talking. Um, father agrees to pay the debt, but he, on on the fact that Larry has to learn the family business, um, and that he's going to pay in installments as a way to make sure that Larry kind of changes his life around. Uh, and and it, I thought they did this so well. Larry is like, "Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity, but I think I'm going to travel first. And I need money to do that. So I thought that was really interesting because it just showed that he could not kind of make that switch. He couldn't he couldn't become somebody else. Um, so the thought is that Larry's going to go, quote unquote, travel and we're not going to see him again for a long yeah. time. That was tough to watch because down from 26 grand, whatever was going to be paid, he asks for something like two or three. Yep. And then he's like, oh, while I'm gone... Can cool hang out with you guys for a yeah. while? And I was like, oh my God, this guy's just, he's hes gone. He yeah, was already he's, gone. He's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so then Susan and Nathan, Nathan kind of finds her at, at her job at school and he wants her back. Um, and she's like, get out of here. I got work to do. But he doesn't listen. He comes back to the classroom and sings, Why Do Birds? Um, acapella, which was great. It, you know what was good about the scene is it didn't feel dragged out. You know, usually it would be like, okay, you're going to sing this entire song. This is going to feel slow. But they did it They did it really well. They did um, do it really well. I did not like it, but that's because I did not want this emotionally abusive husband to get back into the relationship. <laughs> right. So I was not rooting for them to get back together um, because... Anyone who makes you feel like you need to binge eat comfort food and hide that comfort food and yeah. the only way you can get his attention to say I'm leaving you is with flashcards and whatever. Just like I was not looking for them to get back together. I knew they were going to because I knew that's how the movie was going to go. But I uh, I did not love that scene. But I actually think they did a really good job with the scene. I had that song stuck in my head for like the next two days after I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy to whistle. Um, 
And so we then get to, you know, it seems like that works. And, you know, they they embrace and kiss and it's great. Um, and now we're back at the drag strip and Gary is there with Keanu kind of helping him. Julie's mom, Helen, shows up and Julie wants her to talk him out of it, but it's too late. He's already like lined up and ready to go. Um, <clears throat> and Todd, as you may expect, crashes the dragster at high speed. Everybody mm-hmm. loses their minds. They think it's, you know, worst case scenario. Um, but it's it ends up being okay. He gets out. He's a little shaken up. Um, but it seemed like it was a necessary for all of them, the four of them. This is Gary, Helen, Julian, and Keanu or Todd. Um, they they all needed to be in the back of this kind of makeshift ambulance that they use on the drag strip to have a conversation. And so they they have this conversation, and then Ma, the Helen and Gary end up having a really nice conversation. So a lot of things kind of get settled here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Julie was hesitant. She didn't want to go, right? And mm-hmm. her mom basically tells her, like, this is marriage, right? You yeah. have to... You're married. You got to yes, get to in there. here and have the hard conversation and be yeah. there with them while it gets checked out. And even if it's too hard to see them potentially in danger or whatever, you got to do it because that's what it being in a relationship like this is. Yeah. Yep. He's going to be a dumbass sometimes. <laughs> right. Yep. So then we're back over the Steve Martin household. They're getting ready for the kids to go be in a play. Um, and there's still some tension between Steve Martin and, and Mary Steenburgen's character, um, but they're kind of working through it. And then we're at the play, and uh, the littlest son that Whitney was speaking to earlier, Justin, uh, sees his sister up on the on the um, stage, kind of acting like she's being made fun of or or handled by the other characters in the play. So he's like, "I have to save my sister." It was so fun. Um, <laughs> So he runs up on the stage and he just starts making a mess of the play, chaos. knocking things over. Absolute, yeah, absolute chaos, uh, screaming and and carrying on, and um, really well shot again was this now this new dream state for Steve Martin where he's on a roller coaster, um, because that's kind of been the thought that that parenting is is kind of that way, right? It's like a roller coaster, ups and downs. It starts off almost like a panic attack kind of like yep. shot in a really strange like dutch angles a little bit and he's like rubbing his face and uh it eventually morphs into joy which was really kind of a cool thing yeah they introduced the sound effects from from a roller coaster which really helped sell it um you kind of hear the screams in the background and um and then they they kind of filmed it in a way that made it feel like you were on a roller coaster it was great uh, yeah. But again, they get to this state, as Andrew's saying, of everything else kind of blurs out, all the upset parents and all the other chaos, and they're just laughing. They're just trying to enjoy this moment um, for how ridiculous it is and how funny it is, which was great. It was just a feel-good moment. Um, and it's basically Steve Martin's character realizing that he enjoys this roller coaster and ultimately wants another kid. We have the audio of when oh, the perfect. grandmother mentioned this, if you want to just... Because it's, re- it's relevant now, so... Right. You know, when I was 19, Grandpa took me on a roller coaster. Oh? Up, down, up, down. Oh, what a ride. What a great story. <laughs> I always wanted to go again. You know, it was just interesting to me that a rye could make me so, so frightened. 
so scared, so sick, so so excited and and so thrilled all together. Some didn't like it. They went on the merry-go-round. That just goes around. Nothing. I like the roller coaster. You get more out of it. Just gonna say her and Keanu, you put those two thoughts together <laughs> and that is that's everything right there, really. Yep. Yeah. Um so yeah, that that was really just a, a good explanation of of kind of that approach to parenting. Did you notice in the grandmother's character, she always had these little um, filler sounds that she would make? Did you hear that? Even just when we were just listening to it, yeah, the huh. mm-hmm. it's kind of like yeah. part of her mm-hmm. character. It was really interesting. So we are now at a hospital um, in a a baby ward of sorts, or at least in a delivery room, and. This was great. Uh, I was I was tricked until the very oh, end. They got me. They got they, me good. So all you really see is a, a woman gripping the handles and kind of in you know in labor, has the baby, uh, and really the whole time you're thinking, okay, we just left this scene with Steve Martin and and Mary, and it's got to be their child. But then um, the father in this scene takes off his surgical mask, and it's actually Helen's. What was boyfriend? I would, maybe they're married now. We don't really know. A biology much, teacher. Yeah, yeah. We don't know how much time has elapsed, but um, just really great filming there to kind of say, "Oh, oh my gosh, we've we've moved to another couple." Um, <laughs> how exciting is that? And then as they kind of move around in the waiting room, we see that everybody's really got a newborn for the most part. You know, Keanu's had the baby. Steve Martin and 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 Mary have had the baby. Um, I'm not sure the timing was right. I don't need to get into details there, but like, <laughs> those babies were all the same age, basically. <laughs> but um, still, it's it's just they're adding another generation. It kind of completes the story. The other couple is pregnant and very oh, visibly right. pregnant. Nathan yes. and Susan, right? Um, yeah. So, and an important note here, long hair Keanu returns, but I think it might have been a wig. <laughs> I wasn't paying enough attention, but I, I think it would have, have had to have been. It would have had to have been a wig. It had to, yeah. <clears throat> so um, that credits roll. That's the uh, that's the movie there. It was great. Yeah, it was good. It was very good. I I honestly can't believe. I mean, again, it's awesome that kind of t- so far two movies in a row from three decades ago hold up overall, yeah. right? Yeah. Have we hit the inflection point? yet for Keanu where it we're just looking he's just a a good actor now is that are we there yet I mean I don't know I don't know uh, about the next movie we're Um, on the cusp we're right there (laughs) what is it what is it though well and also what what constitutes Keanu Reeves as a good actor because Mm. I feel like he's been terrible in some stuff that's still coming up a good ways away yeah. But also, like, the movie, the quality of the movies that he's in has definitely gone up. But, like, you know, Keanu Reeves in Point Break is iconic. But also, is that his best role? Like, I don't, I don't think ne- so. I don't no. necessarily think he's a great actor in Point Break. Um, I think he does a much better job in other movies that are coming up. So, like... I don't know. I think that we've definitely we've even seen earlier on, like I think in the River's Edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely saw his chops there. I think he did a great job in that role. That yep. was not 
not by far the best of the movies that we've seen, but um, so I, I think it just really comes and goes. And I think so much of it depends on what he's cast in and what the role is like. Um, also, I mean, he's been acting now. We are how many movies in? Uh, this would be 10 11? movies in? 10, maybe? This is episode 12, so 12. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, and he's been acting for five years. Right. That's, yeah. I guess maybe good and bad are the, I guess, reliably entertaining, right? Yeah. <laughs> because we yeah. were, but we were, none of us, I, I just have our list of recommends here because we're, we're coming upon it right now. <laughs> just three movies ago, across the board, we were all like, no Prince of Pennsylvania. Yeah. No, it's Don't bad. Don't watch it. So, but then the last one we all recommended. So, but not necessarily. We're not necessarily recommending it because of Keanu, right? We're kind of taking a holistic approach to some of these movies. That's true. That's true. I just find I'm wondering where the where the point is. Where even if he's in a bad movie, we're right. still enjoying him, right? Yeah. He's yeah. The, he's the reason. <laughs> he is literally the reason we are watching. <laughs> the yeah, right. he's yeah. the so, reason that all of us are here. Right. So that is. That'll be an interesting thing to see. I feel like we're we have to be like right there though. Yeah, it's, I think we're close. It's close. I mean, we are getting into some bigger stuff. Yeah. Very quickly. So, Andrew, do you recommend this film? I do. Uh, at least for one watch, right? I don't know if it's yeah. a. I don't know if for me personally, if it's a film that I'm going to revisit. Yeah. I, I think there are a lot of really great things that I took away from this, but. I highly recommend at least checking it out once. And if, if you're one of those people that's worried about like, oh, movies from 30 years ago, I, I haven't seen, if you missed it the first time around, this is not one of those movies that like yeah. you had to be there. This still yeah. holds up today. And yeah. that is- hundred percent. The true test, if that is the true test of a movie, really. The storytelling is very strong. And it's Ron Howard. I mean, you- you really can pick any one of his films out of a lot and be like, yep, that was very enjoyable as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, highly recommend. Whitney? Yes, I recommend yeah. it. Yeah, I think um, we all do. Yeah, it was it was great. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're all I have this together. in front of me. It's it's interesting, the, the ones that we all recommend. Uh, so far, this one, Bill and Ted, and Permanent Record. And actually, those... Those ones that I just mentioned are the only ones that Whitney has the, recommended. Ev, <laughs> you are on a str- you're on a heater. You've recommended almost everything we've watched. I'm an optimistic oh. guy. <laughs> <laughs> There's something for everyone. <laughs> I still think in the placement list of like what our rankings are. Yes. Uh, this goes between Bill and Ted and Permanent Record for me. Bill and Ted is definitely still the number one movie that we've watched. I think I'm going to agree with you. So for both of us, that goes in the number two slot. Number two spot, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm uh, I'm going number one. Really? Putting it over Bill and Ted? How dare you? Yeah, I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> I understand if you don't call me anymore, Andrew. It's We will speak only during podcasts. And... <laughs> Because there's an obligation. You've been introduced so many times. Yeah. The, joining me every week are these two people. <laughs> I, sh- I should have said sometimes. Sometimes joining us is this guy. <laughs> Most of the times. <laughs> All right. That's funny. So next week, Whitney will be talking about this movie called I Love You, I love to, you death. to Death. I love you to death. Yep. I... 
have never even heard of this film. Me I have neither. no idea. All right, no so idea. we're all going in blind for this one. And do no research. I am definitely unfamiliar with the plot or anything. What I will say is I, I looked at the poster and it's Kevin Klein is the star of it. And I oh. love Kevin Klein. Okay. So that's all I know about it. Um, but I am I am looking forward to a movie that stars Kevin Klein. I don't really see Keanu Reeves in the poster. So I'm a little bit wary that he's going to be another tiny, tiny part. Yeah. Yeah. He's billed uh, sixth. Oh, boy, oh boy. I don't know. <laughs> This yeah, could just so be we'll a pop-in, his extra number yeah. three. <laughs> yeah, but I am looking forward to it because I do think Kevin Klein is a very good comedic actor. So, Yeah, definitely reliably funny, at least yeah. especially during this kind of period of his career. So, Yeah. And actually, next week, we move into the 90s officially. Yes. yes. So Keanu bucks a little bit of a trend here where in 88, he did four movies. 86, he did four movies. This year, 89, only two so he's slacking considerably. Mm. <laughs> Two movies in a year is not yeah. slacking. How yeah. dare you? <laughs> I need more. So it'll be fun to get into the 90s where yeah. I think he really hits his stride. All right. Do we have any other high-level thoughts before we uh, touch down here? No, I think I think I have said everything, yeah. You're cleared for landing. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. You can find our website at coolbreezepod.com and access all of our episodes, list of films we'll be reviewing, and much, much more. You can also reach out by emailing coolbreezepod at gmail.com or hitting us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod. Whitney and I, because we don't talk about Evan on Twitter, and we'll find out why really soon. Yeah, that's but Whitney and I had a really delightful conversation with another podcast host about our Bill and Ted episode last week. She said yeah. some really kind things. It was like, it was just all around a delightful thing. It was delightful. We truly were being excellent to each other. And that's <laughs> the, that is the takeaway. Nice. If we could just do that, it's great. So yep. if you think this is a podcast you can get behind, please give us a subscription on your preferred platform. And also feel free to toss a review our way if it so pleases you. We will be back next week. But until then, Whitney... Where can we keep up with you on the internet? Um, so I'm just going to say follow me at Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N on Twitter. And you can find me and all of my other podcasts there. But instead, I'm going to give my plug time to Jordan Peele's reboot of The Twilight Zone. Mm. Because Ooh. I watched the first two episodes of it. Oh. I am enthralled. I was literally hitting the couch with my fist at one point because it was so good. I had to like physically express how wow. good it was as I was watching it. <laughs> wow. I think they do an incredible job of paying homage to the original show and there's so much that's in the spirit of the original show, but they've really updated it a lot and they're not trying to go into like Black Mirror territory. They're not trying to do anything else. They're still the Twilight Zone, but they're definitely updating it and changing it and I think that so far it is incredible and I wish that there were a way for me to just like give Jordan Peele all of my money but unfortunately <laughs> right. I don't make enough for me to be able to live and do that um, but he it's just incredible and he's doing such good stuff and telling so many interesting stories and I just love it so much so I'm gonna put all my plug time into nice. watch uh, Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone that's really incredible and you know in fact 
Jordan and Keanu cross paths in a couple of years, yeah. uh, it's much further down our list, but yeah. that is also super cool. So, yeah. Evan. Yeah. <clears throat> I, hold on, I'm going to take a sip of water. <laughs> yes. I'm not cutting this part either. Yeah, no, the buildup, the buildup to all of Evan's hard work. <laughs> I'm going to drink some water too. Hydrate or die, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's what people really want to hear <clears throat> on a podcast. Evan, where can we keep up with you on the internet? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Um, so, um, shoot, what was I going to say? Oh, my God. It's totally slipping my mind. Oh, I'm on Instagram um, at Evan Acri. And also, I do have a Twitter handle. It's the same uh, handle, but it's real bad. So don't even try. Um, and then oh, I'm on Untapped, which is an app for, it's also a website for checking in beers. Uh, so, yeah, you can find me on any of those multiple, um, you know, <laughs> destinations on the internet. And we'll have a great time. Those two. Good. <laughs> Those multiple two places on yeah. the internet. Well, yeah, it counts. Okay. All right. And that's it. Uh, yes. Yeah. All okay. those. Yep. You can find me on the internet uh, at most social media locations at Dark Driving. Not on Untapped, weirdly enough. Uh, I Do don't it. think you could find me there. But... Most other places, Twitter and Instagram are the best of those two, at Dark Driving. And I will be posting very soon about some new YouTube-type stuff that I'm working on. So might even be relevant to this show. Ooh. So, oh, I can actually, I'm, I'm going to do a time travel thing. I was so enthralled by our own conversation that I want to do a video essay about some time travel. So Wait, are you I think figure that out how, be... to, how to do time travel? Right. Well, it was just like a lot of research, but yeah, it's essentially, yeah, it's super. That'll easy. get some views. It's not a river. Let's just come on. Okay. <laughs> so, until next week, thank you all for joining us. And in the words of Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan, be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. I have unbelievable dance moves to that. <laughs> Do you? Uh, pics or, or video or it didn't yeah. happen? No, this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs>